Hey everybody, I'm back with another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj on this Thursday, July 29, 2021. I uh, want to talk about a couple more things um, today, um, kind of looking at all the things that have been going on. Um, and yep, there's just so much anticipation and, and uh, excitement coming up in these next few weeks with a lot going on. You know, soon enough we'll have preseason football. Uh, we've already seen a lot of great things happen with the Olympics. Uh, seeing certain teams, certain stars um, starting to kind of show up and be in the news quite a bit. So definitely going to be exciting. As for like tonight, the NBA draft is taking place. So. You know, we'll definitely see see uh, a lot of prospects go early on, especially Cade Cunningham, who's expected to go to the Detroit Pistons at number one overall pick tonight. Um, there's a lot of anticipation about a lot of names that could be possibly be on the move. Some teams may want to move up move up in the draft, and there's already been um, a trade that uh, has been finalized and will be completed tonight, which I'll get into in a little bit. Um, but I do want to say that I guess I did, you know, miss uh, watching the rest of the finals, um, uh, NBA finals between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. You know, five through seven, uh, five through six. I mean, um, you know, it was it was one of those things when I saw it, I was like, wow. Like as I had said previously, you know, I was picking the Suns in seven. I just felt like they had. They had it, maybe. I thought that they had were having a good run in this postseason, but ultimately, you know, what it really came down to, um, as I, I was wrong about the Suns, because what it, what it really came down to was playoff experience, and it came down to being being battle tested. And the Milwaukee Bucks, despite going down 2-0, rattled off four straight wins to win the NBA Finals, in which Giannis uh, really. Um, arrived and made a statement big time especially in the closing game of the NBA finals uh, cementing himself as one of the all-time greats in this game already at an early age and the Bucks overcame a lot of adversity they overcame a lot of expectations they were proven they were battle tested you know they they came close um, so much in the past few years just looking at what what had happened with when they went up against the Toronto Raptors and they had the 2-0 lead in that conference uh, semis matchup? You know, uh, the Bucks learned a lot from their you know playoff shortcomings, and they came through big time in the NBA Finals in which you know the Phoenix Suns just did not have it. Did not have it after they got beat, uh, you know, pretty convincingly. Um, you know, in Game Three, and then Game Four was a tight one, but the Bucks pulled it out. And then you look at Game Five and how that kind of shaped out. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks earned it. They earned it. Did it the right way. Giannis did it the right way. You know, committed to re-signing in Milwaukee. You know, long-term extension uh, with Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton's performance, PJ Tucker. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks proved a lot. I mean, I mean, you know, they really took it to the Suns, took the Suns out of their element the rest of the way in these four games. Um, and give credit to Mike Budenholzer. You know, he was on the hot seat 
early on, and he came through, and he's a champion. Giannis is a champion. So, congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. They definitely uh, earned it. Big time performances. Um, as some were telling me um, that they're gonna get it, they're gonna win it all. Uh, you guys were right. Um, kind of sucks for Chris Paul that things kind of ended that way in the finals for him with a lot of turnovers he had. Um, but hey, Giannis, his time came. The Milwaukee Bucks um, and overcame a lot of uh, you know there were a lot, a lot of naysayers early on in the regular season that this is the same Bucks team that's going to have a tough time winning. And the difference was you just saw the performance of having uh, Drew Holiday. Uh, made a huge difference. Made a huge difference, and just seeing how that entire like scene in Milwaukee in that Game Six. You know, I had said that if we went to a Game Six, that was a Bucks' best shot to win the NBA Finals, and they got it done. All right, and Colin Kuzmanis dropped 50 points, and it was just great to see him. Um, you know, talk about everything afterwards, um, the experiences, everything that he had been through. Yeah, he's an NBA champion now. He's an NBA champion. Um, and he did it the hard hard way and he got it done. That's really setting an example um, for a lot of players out there that you know you don't have to join I mean look the idea was back there when LeBron obviously had to go to Miami and win a championship. You know, sometimes you join super teams and you win championships, yes, that happens. Um, but this was like one of those runs for the Milwaukee Bucks in which and they overcame a lot. Of course there were some things that kinda went their way. A little bit here and there, they got a little bit luck. Obviously, that comes comes into role of any NBA Finals run. But in terms of like what they did against Phoenix in these four games, um, it was truly remarkable. They made the Phoenix Suns work hard, and they out muscled them, out rebounded them. And Giannis, they had no answer for him, and he proved to be dominant as ever. Um, playing his best basketball at the right time to be an NBA champion. So can't wait to see now what the Bucks do when the next season rolls around because they will, with this group, still be a favorite, a top favorite in the Eastern Conference next year. Now transitioning to the NBA draft tonight, um, as I mentioned, there was a trade that already had went down and it's an interesting trade that in which both teams definitely um, needed to make and per- perhaps it will help these two teams in free agency and obviously position themselves in the Western Conference next year. So looking at the trade that took place, um, the Pelicans traded Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe along with the number 10 pick, number 48 pick, um, and a 2022 pick to get uh, Jonas Valachunas pick 17 and 51 from the Memphis Grizzlies so look at this trade and what it all means I mean start with the Memphis Grizzlies they obviously had a great run to the postseason obviously things didn't work out well enough against the Utah Jazz Um, but John Morant being there Jaron Jackson being there Dylan Brooks being there the Memphis Grizzlies put themselves in a really good spot where they have some, they have the ability to get some top players um, to build around this young core. With obviously first-year head coach Taylor Jenkins did an impressive job leading this team to the postseason, and 
Memphis is going to be a team that is going to keep on getting better and better with the talent they can accumulate and ascend. I mean, you're going to see how how well they can put it together because they had a chance. They had a chance to make a big run, but they're still a couple of players away from being all-time you know contender potentially in the Western Conference. And I think with these picks that they have been able to accumulate. Um, you know, they are going to be able to be in a good spot uh, to build this team, um, get some players really that can fit their schemes well. They need, they need more shooting, in my opinion, and I think that with the picks that they did get from the New Orleans Pelicans, that they will be able to do so. As for the New Orleans Pelicans, this was a, a really good trade. Uh, I think there are, I think, the, I mean, you can't really say anybody really lost in this deal, but I think the Pelicans came out of this deal much better because they created basically a lot of cap space with these moves. You know, two players that weren't really fitting in as well in this past year, you know. And now you have a situation where, you know, they have the ability to re-sign Lonzo Ball or match any offer that he gets. As well as they can make some moves to, you know, either sign another point guard as well. But what the Pelicans have done now is they've been able to give themselves a little bit of cap room flexibility where they can kind of build this roster, you know, pick up some, you know, some veterans maybe, some other players on the market. And, you know, it's one of those moves that they had to make. Obviously, just knowing that Zion Williamson is there with Ingram. You know, Josh Hart, you know, there's a lot of already good potential there in the front court um, with the Pelicans, you know. And all these moves uh, that they, this move they, ha- they have made, obviously they want to keep Zion Williamson in, in, in the Pelicans for a long time, you know. Zion has had a really good first year. Obviously things didn't work out team-wise because they didn't make, make, the, make the postseason. They fired Stan Van Gundy. After one year, um, but the Pelicans with this trade have some flexibility to address their roster to maybe get a little bit more better in some areas, uh, depending on how they utilize that cap space. Um, but you know, they want to keep this group together. You know, then it's definitely a good move that they made. Um, I think one thing, obviously, that will be a huge factor for the Pelicans this year is their new head coach, Willie Green. Willie Green was the top the top assistant this past year for the Phoenix Suns in their run to the NBA Finals. And Green, obviously, with a lot of uh, experience in terms of a playing career and coaching since 2016, um, you know, it will really be up to see, really up, be up to Willie Green, uh, the new coach of the New Orleans Pelicans, to really get this group to play at a high level to get the most out of Brandon Ingram as Zion Williamson you know elevating this roster to contending for a playoff spot you know it's going to be a huge thing to watch out for you know now they get Valachunas there with Zion Williamson so they got two guys who can grab rebounds um, and obviously scoring wise Valachunas had a pretty good year you know so Valtrinus may fit in better than Steven Adams will in terms of a scoring option. Um, but the Pelicans, I mean, overall, what they've done so far um, in terms of getting Willie Green, identifying uh, a really good coach that they felt they need to get, 
And then obviously making this trade now where he has to give up some picks um, for sure. Uh, but they will have a couple of... Uh, they, they, they have other picks as well along with the picks they've acquired from the Memphis Grizzlies. They have some second round picks. So Pelicans are going to be able to address their depth and their shooting. And they could also make more moves potentially because they do have draft picks to use. Um, so, you know, they're in a good spot where they could even get, they could surprise and do even more with their roster. Um, so it's going to be exciting to watch what they really do because obviously Willie Green being able to observe and see a lot of things in Phoenix, I mean, he is going to be able to really, I think, take control of this roster, be able to really get uh, the kind of roster that he wants. And the whole question is, will Alonzo Ball be there or not? You know, that is something to watch out for is, you know, will Alonzo Ball be there or will he not be there? You know, it's one of those things where it's hard to predict what may happen, um, you know, but it is going to be nonetheless very exciting to watch uh, what, what may occur in terms of, how, how both teams looked. I mean, the Pelicans, based on the roster that they've had, it's been say, said for a while now that they have so much young talent that they should be able to do much better than missing the postseason. So, biggest thing is you want to see is Zion being healthy, right? Zion Wilson being healthy and available. You want to see Brandon Ingram elevate his game, be more consistent as he was doing this past year. So it's all about what can Willie Green do. Um, he is a young head coach. Um, obviously, there's a lot of expectations on on him, no doubt. So how well can he coach this roster? Can he coach them hard enough? Can he, you know, capture the vibe of this locker room? Because one thing that was apparent was that a lot of these Pelican, a lot of Pelican players weren't really comfortable and happy with the way that Stan Van Gundy kind of called them out about a lot of different things. Um, now, that could be his coaching style, which we know that he can be, but it's all about the locker room, relationship with the locker room, and how those things kind of develop. And I think that is something that will be have to be watched out for, um, is how well does this roster, you know, do with Willie Green's leadership. You know, with, with his leadership and his... Um, ability to coach you know how obviously spending time with Monty Williams will definitely help uh, that'll definitely help Willie Green um, kind of you know coach Zion Williamson coach Brandon Ingram coach Josh Hart and others um, you know playing time wise you know some guys may have to really earn it which is always something that and the coaches want to see so it's all about how do they finish, how do they play as a defense. Um, but overall, this trade, like I think the Pelicans got the better end of it, obviously. Um, you know, and they can just now find a way to execute and be better in free agency. One of the things that they haven't been really good, good with um, as of late, I would say, is just the ability to get good free agents there. You know, getting good free agents is crucial, um, which they have kind of struck out on at times. You know, 
So if they are able to find something better than Lonzo Ball, will they take that offer? You know, they they have they really have to nail free agency. Um, you know, obviously since the Anthony Davis trade, they've had a tough time getting some really good talent there. Um, but obviously, we've seen how Brandon Ingram has progressed, and he'll continue to progress. You know, we've seen some uh, players really step up and, and be better. But the whole question is, can they find some impact players? Can they find a way to recruit and get players to come play with Zion Williamson? Because they want to keep him here, keep him here there long term. There's been a lot of rumors about Zion Williamson uh, and uh, how he wasn't happy with some things. Obviously, his family wants, wanted him in New York and all those kind of things. So, Zion Williamson being there um, long term is huge. And the question is, what will they do to surround him with that talent where they can compete in the Western Conference? That will be a really important storyline to watch uh, for this upcoming NBA season. So on this next segment, I want to continue with my preview of the AFC South um, and the two teams that did make the postseason last year from the AFC South, uh, which would be the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans. So I want to get into talking about both teams and their outlook for the 2021 NFL season. Uh, So I will start with talking about the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts obviously um, were 11 and five last year. Lost to the Buffalo Bills in the, uh, I believe the wild card round. If it was, you know, so Indianapolis Colts obviously with Philip Rivers last year. You know, they were able to win a lot of games down the stretch, get high at the right time. This defense really played well. For the most part, uh, they just weren't able to convert a lot, a lot of opportunities in that game against Buffalo. Otherwise, it would have been a much closer game. But, you know, now the Colts have obviously seen a lot of changes. Um, or just one big change, obviously, is now Rivers is retired. Um, as far as I remember, I think he called it a career, which, you know, had a really good, good career. Um, and so now the Colts. Um, we'll have a you know, have a new quarterback in town. That is Carson Wentz, who they traded for. Um, obviously, Carson Wentz situation in Philadelphia had gotten so rough. The whole fallout of that you know drama in Philadelphia with Peterson and and, and Wentz really ultimately changed everything. As Carson Wentz um, now finds himself in, in a position where he has been reunited with Frank Reich. Um, and you know, there's a lot of expectations for the Colts this year, knowing that they, they took a chance on Carson Wentz. There were other other quarterbacks they could have gone after, in my opinion, but with the familiarity and the experience that Carson Wentz did have in Philadelphia, you know, Frank Reich and the Colts took a chance, and so Carson Wentz now, um. Comes coming to the, to the season, um, you know he's got a lot to prove, a lot to sh- lot of things to like, really like fix in terms of the things that has been said about him overall. You know, in terms of his quarterback play over the last 
you know, stretch of games that he played this year. You know, he looked really lost a, a lot of times in Philadelphia, um, coming back from injury and dealing with all those expectations and, and things like that. You know, Carson Wentz went through a lot, um, but now he gets a chance to kind of resurrect his career and possibly be better going forward and maybe re-enter the conversation as one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. In terms of the Colts and how they've been overall, um, their offensive line, um, they were able to really take care of some of uh, their key players on the offensive line, re-sign some depth at the positions. Um, pass protection will be key, obviously. The Colts have had a really good pass protection for a while, obviously with Quentin Nelson being there. You know, they signed Eric Fisher, who hopefully will be able to re- kind of rejuvenate and get back to being much better. Um, you know, so the Colts have addressed their offensive line, re-signed some key players that will hopefully continue to do good job. Do, do good job. Um, their running game was a plus last year. It got better as the season went along. You know, they got, you know, they got the um, Marlon Mack there, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, the Colts have a, a you know an impressive group of running backs that uh, you know their running game should be you know really 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 good. Um, and I think one thing that Carson Wentz obviously didn't really have that great of a thing was a running game in Philadelphia. You know things things didn't go right from the get go in Philadelphia in terms of like this past year. I mean Carson Wentz just didn't play well and. Was it just more of Doug Pearson being too hard on him or that? You know, but in Indianapolis, he's got a really, you know, they got some veteran leadership there. More players that may be welcoming to Carson Wentz. Uh, and it's all about confidence at this point for Carson Wentz. You know, can he be confident enough to be a good quarterback again? You know, he's got T.Y. Hilton, who, who they re-signed. Michael Pittman, hoping to make a jump into year two to be much better. You know, they've got some other unproven wide receivers there that are impressive. And it's just all about quarterback play and all about can the Colts get back to the postseason with Carson Wentz under center. You know, there was a time when Carson Wentz was having, you know, a great career in his first year or so. And the injury happened and then he came back from that and... You know, his performances has really kind of started to kind of decline. So Frank Reich, obviously working with Carson Wentz, so hopefully be able to get his strengths back up, coach him even much better than he did uh, in the first time around. Um, and it's going to be a challenging season, I think, for the Colts because, you know, in terms of like their roster and their schedule, I mean, this defense is going to be a lead with Darius Leonard, obviously leading the charge. Um, but I think it's going to be a challenging season. One, because I think that, you know, you don't know what, what you're going to get out of Carson Wentz. And then in terms of a backup plan, you know, do you have a viable backup plan? Um, you know, in terms of young quarterbacks, you know, the Colts could have drafted a quarterback, maybe. And maybe they have. Uh, maybe I'm not thinking of it as of right now. But I think that just knowing um, how a lot of teams kind of took some quarterbacks and took it er- them early, you know, you just wonder if the Colts should have drafted a quarterback instead, you know. But 
it seems all that likely Carson Wentz will start this year. And so Frank Reich is going to have to push all the right buttons for this team, especially on Carson Wentz to get it done. Uh, wide receiving-wise, you just want to see Michael Pittman, Zach Pascal, Demetri Harris do well. You just want to see the Colts be a better offense and be able to finish in the finish in the end zone. That was one thing that they did, they did not do well last year, and it showed up in that postseason game. So they got to do better in that area for sure. Uh, in terms of their schedule, they got away games at Baltimore, at Miami, um, obviously at Buffalo. Home-wise, I mean, you know, they got Tampa Bay, Seattle, L.A., Tennessee, you know. So the Colts do have a schedule in which, I mean, they will struggle, I think, to win a lot of those road games, I think, in my opinion. Um and Carson Wentz, I mean, I think this is his last shot to really resurrect his career. Um, with the new format and schedule and all those, like, record-wise, I mean, the Colts are going to be in the mix. I think they will be in the mix. But if I had to project a record right now for the Colts, I would say 8-9. and 8-9, because I just don't think that Carson Wentz is going to be able to have that consistency that's needed. That's not to say that Carson Wentz won't have a, have a good season. He'll be better probably, because he has to. He has to be better. He he hit rock bottom last year. He's got to be better this year some way. But I don't think he'll be better enough to lead the Colts back to a playoff spot. I think that he's going to struggle um, to have that consistency. You know, he may play. He may play better in some situations. Um, but I think that he's going to struggle with the primetime games that the Colts will have. I think he will struggle. I think Frank Reich, I mean, the Colts have had quite a bit of success recently, you know, because of making it to the postseason and having some success here and there. But I think they're going to struggle this year. I think that defense is going to be on the field. I think that defense will be on the field a lot. I think that defense will be on the field a lot. I think more offenses are going to be be aiming, kind of attacking that secondary more often. Um, and I think that this defense, as good as they were last year, I think they're going to have a tough time being able to contain some of these explosive offenses we'll see this year. I'll say 8-9. I think Carson Wentz will have a better season, but I don't think it'll be good enough to get the Colts back to the postseason this time. So I want to finish up today's episode um, by talking about the Tennessee Titans and their season outlook for the 2021 NFL season. The Tennessee Titans were also 11 and 5 last year, won the division due to tiebreaker uh, over the Colts, lost to the Baltimore Ravens, um, and in a game in which you know they really struggled to score and move the ball as well, you know. They did make some changes, you know. I don't think they'll have a defensive coordinator calling plays this year. I think Vrabel will be taking care of that. Um, they made some moves in the draft, obviously getting Caleb Fairley, the cornerback, releasing Malcolm Butler. Um, so they, they're a little bit unproven at the at the cornerback spot. You know, signed Bud Dupree um, to help that linebacking corp overall. 
Um, obviously, the biggest move that they made was late in the offseason. That was trading for Julio Jones um, and pairing him alongside A.J. Brown. And on paper, the Tennessee Titans look exciting as an offense because you have Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown. Um, you know, so as an offense, they look pretty explosive. Although, one thing is for sure is that, you know, at the tight end spot, you know, they won't have that same production because they don't have John o. Smith there anymore. You know, so it's going to come down to, you know, Jones and Brown and Derrick Henry being like the strong part of this offense. And Tennessee obviously has come so close. Um, you know, they've had some success early on with Mike Rabel as head coach. You know, making to the postseason, Ace championship game. You know, and then last year having that short playoff run. So Tennessee, I mean, they've been in the mix in the AFC for a while, and the question is now, can they get over the hump? Ryan Tannehill um, will be really uh, a name to watch this year because obviously he was paid like a quarterback, top dollar money, and his performance and his performance alone in some of the tight games this year that they'll have will be key. You know, Tannehill has had a, a nice bounce back in his career ever since whatever happened in Miami. He's been much better. He's been in much better situations. Um, obviously a strong running game with Derrick Henry and getting really good play calling. Uh, you've seen Tannehill make the leaps that he's needed to make. But the whole thing now is that teams kind of know what Ryan Tannehill is and isn't. And the question is, can he find a way to elevate his, his game when the, when the Titans need it the most? Because we know that a lot of opposing defenses are going to stack the box slow down Derrick Henry and when Derrick Henry isn't going a lot of pressure falls on that offense and I think that's why the Tennessee Titans made the move to get Julio Jones because one they had already lost Corey Davis to free agency Derrick Henry obviously the wear and tear has gotten there's been a lot of things that he's had to do to, to get himself right in terms of being healthy and being available and so he's going to still give you that power running game that you need. Um, but it's all about keeping him ready and fresh. Because I think by the end of the season, Derrick Henry was really worn out. He didn't have it going. The offensive line has to be much better. Um, they need that running game to be much better in terms of like short yard situations. And just being able to be ready when, the, when you know those games are really tight. And, and I think that what we're going to see from the... Tennessee Titans this year is more of a passing attack where Ryan Tannehill is going to be able to really fling the football and the question is will his decision making be on point this year will he be on you know that will be something to watch is can he be that quarterback who can get you over the hump can he can he lead you to, lead you to a Super Bowl is the question now for the Tennessee Titans is can <coughs> they have all the offenses they have all the offense now. They have a running game, a running back who's been top notch, top two, top three. Got a wide receiver in Julio Jones who is looking to prove himself after a down year. Okay, you got AJ Brown who's been emerging as a wide receiver. Tennessee's got a lot of 
great momentum riding um, in their favor this year. You know, um, the question is now: can they um, can they put it all together um, and find a way to win those big time games? Can they challenge the Chiefs? Can they beat the Baltimore Ravens? You know, can they? You know, make a run at it. Can they surprise? Um, you know their, you know their competitors in in the division itself. You know, in terms of like AFC teams that can make it to the Super Bowl. You know, can Tennessee be in the mix for that? You know, can they be in the mix for that? Um, just knowing what's at stake. Um, knowing that there's more games this year, there's going to be a lot more of, you know, I mean, Kansas City's obviously going to still be a favorite. Buffalo, we can't, we can't forget about, about, about Buffalo. Buffalo is also looking to make some noise. So Tennessee's got a lot going this year, and the question is, can they put it all together against those teams particularly? In terms of their schedule... Uh, I mean, they have home games against Arizona, you know, New Orleans, Kansas City, obviously, Buffalo, Miami. You know, they're at Pittsburgh. They're at Pittsburgh, at LA, at Seattle. I like their chances to be a winning team this year. I'm going to go with 10-7 and as their record. I think that they will be in, in the postseason pitcher, no doubt. Um, but it's going to be more of how how will they finish and what kind of matches they draw. But with Derrick Henry, he's going to still be a beast no matter what. And the whole question is, can they get all the offense that they need at the right time? It's all about chemistry and clicking, and that will be the thing to watch out for is how well does Ryan Tannehill, Julio Jones, how does their chemistry go this year? How does A.J. Brown do? Um... Will we see more production from their wide receivers this year? That is something to watch out for because they cannot all be Derrick Henry. Tennessee was predictable for these past couple of years with the running game and the defense and all those kind of things with game management and strategy. But now this offense will be on display and the whole thing will be is can Ryan Tannehill put forth winning performances in the clutch when the, when, the, when the Titans need him to, to deliver that. And that'll be the key storyline to watch for the, the Titans this year.